0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One.
1: Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for
2: McDonald's in five seconds. Why don't you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning.
0: And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. da pa pa pa.
2: Why do millions of Americans choose to sleep on Boland Branch sheets? Is it the one hundred percent organic cotton? Is it that they get softer and softer over time? Customers can't stop raving about these sheets, and there's no better time to try them for yourself or give them to someone you love. Right now, Bolin Branch is offering their best deals of the year. And you can get their incredibly soft sheets at incredibly low prices. Just go to BolinBranch.com to shop their best deals today. That's B-O-L-L and branch.com today. See site for details.
1: On today's episode of Collider Movie Talk, we've got some Terminator edit room battles. The Bee Gees got some biopic fever. Ah, And we got hot scoops over here. All of that on a new live Collider Movie Talk for this beautiful Friday morning. Hey everyone, I'm your host today on Movie Talk. Perry Namaroff is out in New York getting ready to run the New York City Marathon. Give her some love there on social media. She's also got a campaign there that she's doing for charity for her run. So go find that link on her bio and give her some love in that direction as well. But today we got to handle some Collider Movie Talk business. And I'm extremely excited to welcome the two gentlemen that are going to join me on the panel today. That's Variety's Justin Kroll. That's right, Variety's Justin Kroll and our own Jeff Snyder. We pulled them off the scoop speed. Long enough for them to sit down with us and talk about some topics here on Movie Talk. We'll get to that in just a little bit. But first, let's jump into the call sheet. All right, in an interview... With Cinema Blend, Terminator Dark Fate executive producer and godfather of all things Terminator, James Cameron said that the sequel was forged after many battles with Tim Miller over the film. Cameron was recently asked if there were disagreements during Dark Fate's editing process and he stated I would say many and the blood is still being scrubbed off the walls from those creative battles. Uh, never one at a loss for words that Cameron. This is a film that was forged in fire so yeah, but that's the creative process, right? We'll have the four Quote and more to discuss on this one later in the show, so stay tuned for that. All right, let's move it on. According to numerous early box office reports, Disney's Frozen 2 is projected to earn over $100 million when it launches on November 22nd. A triple digit debut for Frozen 2 would shatter the 67.4 million opening weekend numbers of the 2013 animated original film, which also launched over Thanksgiving. Frozen Frozen ended its theatrical run with a massive $1.3 billion in worldwide ticket sales. Still the biggest haul ever for an animated title. So the sequel will have its hands full trying to match that, even if it debuts to record-setting numbers. We'll see if fans don't let go of that one. All right, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences has launched an expanded version of its streaming room platform for members to watch Oscar contenders for this year's voting. The expansion now includes Best Picture hopefuls on the at-home service. Additionally, for the first time... All Academy members can vote on the Best International Feature Film Award that was formerly known as the Foreign Language Film once a committee narrows the field down to 10 hopefuls. In addition to streaming, the shortlist will, screen, will still screen theatrically for voters in New York and L.A. Now, as reported by Deadline, Paramount Pictures and producer Graham King are producing a biopic about the Bee Gees, (laughs) the iconic disco pop trio formed by Australian brothers Barry Robin and Maurice Gibb. The group had massive hits in the 1970s like Staying Alive and More Than a Woman and underscored one of the most acclaimed films of that era, Saturday Night Fever, which starred John Travolta. No word yet on whether Jimmy Fallon or Justin Timberlake will be auditioning for any of those roles. And shout out to you if you got that reference. All right, it's officially official. Jeffrey Wright is your new Commissioner Gordon. Word first broke in September that the Emmy and Tony Award winning actor would fill the key role in writer-director Matt Reeves' highly anticipated reboot, The Batman. Joining Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman and Paul Dano as the Riddler. Yesterday, Reeves confirmed Wright's casting with a tweet that simply said, Gordon, well... Now, let the Batgirl fan casting begin. All right, we're going to get into the Terminator Dark Fate story in just a second. But first, let's meet our panelists. You know that guy over there, Jeff Snyder, he likes to dress in weird costumes for Halloween. Pulls on The Crow. Did you watch The Crow the other night? I sure did. Were you alone in this thing, or did you have no, people No, Stephanie
0: was with me, but she fell asleep about a half an hour in. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: it's amazing. She it's didn't still want to. Light it up! Light it up! But the gentleman we do want to introduce, uh, he is our, it's his first time on the show. A guy whose stuff I've read and probably you've read numerous times over the years. That is Variety's Justin Krull. How are you, man? Good, man.
2: Glad yeah. to be on. I, that's right. I thought I was on Jeff's podcast until I walked in. You're like, ah, oh, we're doing movie talk instead. I'm like, all right, go, cool. Boom. <laughs> Whatever works. the big show. <laughs> Whatever works. Right. Let's do it live. When you're breaking Let's school. do it live. Let's
1: do it live. We're going live. We're doing it. and that's We're going to start with that Terminator Dark Fate story. You guys, I want to read the full quote. We teased the quote at the beginning of the call sheet here. Let me read James Cameron's quote talking about how the final cut came to be with Tim Miller and they asked if they had any battles in the editing bay or during the process of making the film. He would say, he said, I would say many and the blood is still being scrubbed off the walls from those creative battles this is a film that was forged in fire fire so yeah but that's the creative process right i mean my work with robert on alita was very different robert loved the script loved everything said i just want to make this movie i want to make the movie the way you see it i was like no you got to make it your movie i had the reverse experience with tim which is tim wanted to make it his movie and i'm like yeah but i kind of know a little bit about this world so i had the matter and the antimatter version of that produsorial experience all right I go to you uh, uh just first uh, this is, do these quotes surprise you from Cameron? And does this make you feel like Tim Miller knew exactly how to play this thing? Because uh, I know neither of you've seen the movie yet. I can tell you, I thoroughly enjoyed I it. Saw so it. Well, we oh, did a review, right? right, Roka. right. Uh, I, I never know with you. Uh, but what do you think of these comments? And do you think like this is how you need to work with Cameron?
2: Um, I don't think it's just Cameron. I think that's part of the process. Like the, you, this happens a lot on times now in Tim Miller's, um, you know, with Ryan Reynolds, I think that, mm. that the probably Deadpool stuff, the Deadpool stuff, yeah. like, because he was like eventually let go from the project that that comes back when Cameron brings like, oh, is this guy bad of, I think in both cases, Ryan and James, I, I mean, Ryan pro from what I hear can be just as protective of certain things as James Cameron. So mm-hmm. it's not like. Like a personality situation, I just think in Hollywood that's what you need, and I think we we'll talk about it later too with Star Wars like. It's, it's a good thing to have these fights and stuff like that. It yeah. leads to quality products because it sounds like everyone's loving Terminator. So I, I think this happens more often than not. And then mm-hmm. for, once James was being really honest about it, which I actually appreciate.
1: Well, James is never not honest. That's for damn sure. No matter what yeah. he's, you know, he, no matter how much it gets him in trouble, he reminds me a lot of Jeff Snyder. He says whatever he feels. And mm. if it gets him in trouble, it gets him in well, trouble. That's the greatest compliment I've ever heard. <laughs> James Cameron reminds me of Jeff Snyder. Okay, <laughs> I'll take it. But let me give Tim Miller a little little defense here. He, uh, in an interview with the Screen Rant as well, talking about the uh, Terminator thing, and how he approached it. he said, you feel like if there's a railroad, the track was already laid there, so it just happens to stop out in the middle of nowhere. And I just started laying more track. Because Jim kind of created this, set up the story, set up these characters, and I'm just sort of telling the next chapter of it. So it's deferential without being submissive. And I feel like from what James was uh, saying about Robert Rodriguez when he was mentioning the Elite experience, Robert was just so, like, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And it seems like Tim's like, no, no, no,
2: no, we're going to get this right. I also think, like, Alita and Terminator are different situation. Like, Terminator Very. is his baby. Yeah. Like, he has been, when he left Terminator, like, when he didn't do Terminator 3, he, like, he crapped on mm-hmm. all, that, all, all the other Terminators he did not like. Um, it's like the thing that launched his career. Alita, at the end of the day, is still something like, he's just not as protective of it. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. that that's going to lead to why it is. I don't think really, like, I'm sure there was still some fights, but I'm just sure James was going to let them go, where in this one, he was finally back involved in yeah. this world, and he wanted to make sure like, he, his input was involved.
0: I think Rodriguez was in a different position than Tim Miller, okay. too, where it was like, he kind of needed James Cameron and a movie mm-hmm. like Alita, whereas Tim Miller probably felt like he's the king of the world after yeah. Deadpool, yeah. and like, you know, he, he uh, terminator franchise is lucky to have me here mm-hmm. uh, i think they're just two headstrong guys very like macho masculine guys but uh, i think that the pairing whatever happened you know, with there being uh, blood on the walls and creative battles it, i don't see that in the finished product i think that yes. their
2: two styles go together pretty well and that's the thing is like if if there was a problem we would have probably seen it ha- yeah. in on the screen and from what it sounds like that the battles led to a quality product.
1: Well, all of us are sports fans and we know sometimes the teams don't necessarily have to get along oh, to yeah. create great uh, championship teams. Certainly Kobe and Shaq rarely got along near the end. There still won three championships together. Yeah, exactly. The well, Yankees the, in the seventies hated each other.
2: It, it, you can get the hate. Like you can have that in a mm. locker room. It's like, if it, but if it ends up affecting on the court, right. like on the screen, that's where the problem is. Like, Everybody remembers Tom Brady and Josh McDaniels yelling on the sideline. Mm -hmm. They still won 34 to 10 that day or something like that. So it's like if it it doesn't affect what's actually happening in front of us, then those things are going to happen, and and you need it sometimes. Do you think this is a dangerous thing to come out
1: for Tim Miller, though? Because, I mean, there there were rumors that he had a lot of battles with Ryan Reynolds, which is why they didn't want it from Deadpool 2, but which I would argue – Worked in in uh, made the film deficient to the uh, first one, and so you look at this. He produced a really good, or he created a really good Terminator film. Do you think that it, this when is you how say people cr- need to create
0: problems it. or whatever? Like, I think that the town knows who Tim Miller is mm. at this point. I think you can just kind of tell who Tim Miller is within five minutes of meeting exactly. him. Yeah. I, I don't think it.
2: he's getting a Star Wars movie anytime soon. Let's say, that. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah I, well, but <laughs> not I don't know this regime. I, yeah. th- I I think Tim Miller is a little bit like Fincher in the sense that, like, I, I don't see him making a movie that's not R rated. Yeah. Like Tim, t- he just has that. Sort of uh, aggressive mentality.
1: I like this about him, though. I do. I think he knows what he he knows. What works. He's very strong about what he thinks will make a good movie. And now, recently, two out of two, you can say he was right. And so, if you're going to jumpstart a franchise, or you're going to bring this guy in, you got to know what you're dealing with. And maybe he likes the battles. He needs the battles. Another sports reference: McEnroe wasn't better. It wasn't good until he got into some yeah. kind of feeling like he was him against the world kind of vibe, and he created good work. So it's, that's, that's the thing that's – and there's a lot of artists in Hollywood through the decades that have either created fights or felt the need to get into fights. Ili Kazan was another one. with A lot of his classic films would get into battles with the studios about his movies, and it produced great stuff on the screen. So I, I don't know. I, I don't take anything – too much away from this other than James Cameron being dramatic about blood on the walls
2: and all that kind of stuff. I, I also think, like, James was trying to give a great quote, and he yeah. and it did. So, like, that, I think he might be overcompensating a little bit, but, mm-hmm. it, like, again, I, like, ne- it, from what it's, from when I covered that film and all that stuff, like, there was never rumors of, like, like massive blowouts on the mm. set or something like that where, like, they had to shut down production. It's just, right. like, I think James is going a little bit overboard here on on that part, and, you know, but I also think, like, these fights happen a lot more than people Would think.
1: Yeah. What's the most surprising fight or uh, battles that you've heard about on films? Was there one you guys can mention, like
2: surprising, like between the director and a not surprising? Like if you, if I, like I'm trying to, like I'm sure there was like a Fincher thing I heard about or something like that. But like, is he notoriously
1: difficult to work with, Fincher?
2: Um. I know he there's a pushback with studio execs, like yeah. how like, but like they know they're getting that he's been doing it long enough where it's like, like I heard some dragon tattoo stuff, but again that product turned out really well, so yeah. Um, he doesn't, other than like, he doesn't like authority. He rebels against authority. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like 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 I've never heard like let's put it this way I've never heard like Kevin Feige getting in a fight with any of his directors like yeah. that's just but that's his personality. So. Right, fair enough. All right, well we'll we'll keep tabs on this and we'll see what it leads to in terms of the box office for this
1: film. Uh, you know it's being predicted at a good range, not a huge range, but we'll see if it surprises people as it goes along. And sometimes you know a little friction is good. A little friction is good. It causes a little fire on the screen. All right, let's move on uh, to a completely different topic and that's the Bee Gees. As As I mentioned here at the top of the call sheet, there is a a film being uh, coming here, uh, being produced by the producer from Bohemian Rhapsody. He's bringing this thing, Graham King, to life with Paramount Pictures. Now, you may not think this. You may think, oh, this is like, you know, it's the disco stuff or soft rock Bee Gees. But there was a lot of drama between these brothers. I've been a fan of the Bee Gees since I was a child, uh, growing up during that time when they were huge in the 70s and 80s. And knowing all the stuff, like Barry, Robin, and Maurice got into massive battles with each other. Obviously, they all accused Barry of, of like, uh, you know, uh, showboating and uh, big time in them all the time. And Robin and Maurice, and there were rumors that Robin or Maurice like didn't want Barry to even come at the end when they were dying because he's the last one left, is Barry Gibb. Uh, Andy Gibb also passed away... A young age from depression and, and um, uh, addiction to drugs so there's a lot here to explore and I wonder if it's rife and what period they're going to explore what do you know about the Bee Gees Jeff Snyder very little <laughs> <Not>
0: honestly
1: <laughs> um I
0: yeah I, I don't know much I know Saturday Night Fever that's it yeah
1: okay there was a sequel called Staying Alive I don't know if you remember from the 80s yeah, uh, <laughs> I was a child then. But no, I mean, look, these guys out of Australia, small town in Australia, and they found a way to like become na- worldwide phenomenon and through decades. I mean, they were recording in the 60s and it wasn't until what, the 2000s that they finally stopped doing stuff. So they have a legacy here with a lot of people across the d- generation. I don't
0: see this becoming the next Bohemian Rhapsody, no. okay. let alone the next
1: Rocket Man. This goes know. dead.
2: I don't know if this gets into production. Like, I, really, I just, okay, I really don't. I, I like unless like a director who is like as in love with the Bee Gees as you are, obviously. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> a lot of us don't. would hey. jump this. It's like I think it's not like just like if if Rocket Man taught us anything, it's just like you know Bohemian Rhapsody does all that money and and it's, and it's a, like wins Oscars and all this stuff. Everybody thinks then, like, every musical biopic is, like, a great idea. Like, you have the Aretha Franklin thing, and then Rocket Man, and there's, like, mm. a bunch of other ones. Like, uh, Spinning Gold. It's just, right, like... Right, the Neil Bogart one. Like, mm. the, sometimes something hits. But, like, if Rocket Man taught us anything, it's sometimes films just... I think that would have film, he had, like, maybe $200 million, Maybe, like, I think less than 300 mm. Not even close to Bohemian Rhapsody money. And to think... And the Bee Gees, to me, has even less of a following. Like, I can't... Like, what?! but but then i look at something get people like people in theaters yes the, Okay. if netflix did this but if paramount is expecting like what's what's crazy is paramount just saw what happened with um with, with rocketman man, right. where it's just not always a slam dunk it's like i think at the very least they're going to have to like take their time in finding the right director mm-hmm. like the, then there's the cast it's just i, I don't know man like i've just i'm always it's case by case and like in mm-hmm. the case of bohemian they struck gold and I just don't know if that's going to be the same type of thing. I, I, the other interesting thing was it wasn't just Graham King. Stacey Snyder is involved with this as well. Right, with her sister and, label, yeah. And she's back with Jim G, who's at Paramount, and they worked briefly at the Fox thing. And yeah. then a lot a lot of interesting notes on this one that, like, add in there. But, like, that to me, that was more interesting than this actual film. I, I really don't know... Like, I I feel they really need to find, like, the right piece of talent for this Mm -hmm. to work because Mm -hmm. I I just don't think there is much people like you. you, Do do people want to see a
0: biopic, or do people just want to sort of revel in the songs and almost do, like, a Mamma Mia-style thing, which uses the music of ABBA, or, you know, Last Christmas is going to start screening soon? That's a a story based on the
2: music of George Michael, This is a biopic. You know? Like, I just... This has to be like, I, like to me, like there's the because it's pr- about pr- the brothers. The universe doing right. like a Prince movie where it's Mamma Mia, where they use the music of Prince mm-hmm. to tell a story that has nothing to do with his life story, right, right, right. and that's that the estate was very, very cautious about doing that. But Prince has like a catalog that we all know and mm-hmm. had, like a huge following, like. The Bee Gees, to me, I just don't know if you can get like people under the age of forty to get go see it. In my mind, wow, it's a
1: strong statement. Yeah, I mean, but their albums still sell. Their their records still sell. I'm sorry, their CDs, all their music still sells. They're still one of the highest grossing, uh, uh, high selling uh, artists going around today. So it must transcend. remember, they wrote. I mean, Barry Gibb wrote so many songs. Like the Grease soundtrack is uh, that song is Barry Gibb's as well. But I think you guys make excellent points. This idea of, are they going to the well too often? Is this the one to go to? Yeah, you
2: water it down. Well, again, they're not like full... Like, this film probably isn't happening anytime soon because they still need, like... Right. Do they have a script yet, or is it just they have no, the no, rights? No, no, yeah, it's just the rights, and they're going hey, go like, to... listen, like, here's one. Like, Leonard Bernstein, I would never think, is, like, something that people are high on, but if you have Bradley Cooper directing and starring in it and Spielberg mm. and Scorsese producing it, that film's going to make the theaters and probably make some money because of the talent around it. If yeah. you can get, like, that type of people involved with this and not just Graham King and Stacey Snyder and her production team, then we can go somewhere. But until that really happens, like... I, I am weary about just jumping into these. Well, these... I would
1: push back a little bit and tell, look. The, and the, who in the nineteen eighties was asking for an Amadeus movie? And that thing won a crap ton of Oscars and made a crap ton of money. <laughs> Maybe so the mean, Bee Gees really will win I, a, a ton I'm of I'm Oscars. I'm just saying, no but one was asking for a
2: classical music. But that's biopic. the point, though. Is who was involved with that is Milos right? It right, like, well, like if so you if can, get like, a good director. But that's the thing. is yeah. you need a director. Like even like like. I like Dexter Fletcher but like Dexter Fletcher isn't mm. Steven Spielberg. It's right. just like the th- you are going to need that type of person to like like if Chris Nolan which would be a while. The Chris uh, Nolan if Bee-Gee Chris Nolan was a this <laughs> guy and he jumped on this as his first thing. Coming day. soon to the rumor saying, mill. That, that's, a, that's just that's <laughs> a joke. That's a joke. Don't, <laughs> okay. don't that and make that. The Girl says Christopher Nolan No. During, during, during um, but what time is it? Uh, 9.17. 9, 9, 9.17. Get some breaking news. What? Oh, let, oh. Let, you Let, wanna, let me well, bring well, up
0: my Justin Kroll author page here, which is bookmarked. <laughs> I have to Do you want to break it, it now as we're talking? There it is. It's there. Go all for right, it, Kroll. All right. Go ahead. Yeah, let's breaking do this Breaking news, courtesy of Justin Kroll. Yes.
2: Yeah. Well, let's not have dead that? air. Somebody <laughs> say Your something. Your story. Uh, you got to break the story. Break uh, the story, Justin. Channing Tatum has found his next movie. Ooh. He's going to star in the soundtrack of Silence for Paramount. He's reteaming with his Dear John producers and writer Jamie Linden. Um, they had been, he's so, the interesting thing about Channing right now is that Channing has been, you know, he, he hasn't made a movie since Logan Lucky and, and Kingsman in 2017. Mm-hmm. Took some time off, hasn't really been taking time off, he was trying to get his his Gambit movie off the ground at Fox. Right. All the Fox Disney stuff probably kind of killed that. So in that time he switched to agencies, he went from UTA, his longtime long time agent, and got rid of his manager, and he went over CA. And um, in the last six months I've heard his name a lot. He's been really anxious to get back in the in the studio. Or not studio, like, uh, doing a movie. And studios are anxious to get back to him because this is the guy that did Magic Mike franchise, mm. 21 Jump Street franchise. Um, and this is an interesting one. It's... Uh, you have the log line in front of you. Yeah, yeah, I got it right here.
0: It's based on the true story from KQED soundtrack of silence. It's about this couple, Matt and Nora Hayes, and their journey to preserve love. And this is what Justin wrote: <laughs> the journey to preserve love in <laughs> a world the log line of That was sound. signed off on. Right? <laughs> so basically, it's about a guy who who uh, learns he's going to be going deaf, yeah. and so he memorizes his favorite songs in order to preserve his most important memories, including how he fell in love with his girlfriend and future <sighs> wife. But this. Okay, so do we want to see Channing Tatum playing a guy? So this
1: is kind of like a drama. He's going to be losing his hearing. Didn't we see this already when he did that film with uh, with Rachel (laughs) McAdams, where she's losing her memory? Well, this thing is like going back to the well of like, the John Sparks like. stuff.
2: It's like he... Yeah. This, this He needs a hit. He needs to get back the, out the there. The studios and him realize this is a genre where, like, you know, it's a, like the romantic dramas that he, like, kind of launched his career. Yeah. What was that called? The Rachel McAdams one. I'm uh, something the the Vow. Something the Vow. vow. Yeah, yeah. The Vow, right? Something Vow. That came out the same year as 21 Jump Street and Magic Mike, and it was it was part of his brand that, yeah. that people are really known for him. And I feel like it's a smart move to jump on this. It doesn't have a director right now so i don't know if it's his next next film but like this is the type of like stuff that we've we've grown to know him for that like puts asses in seats and gets in like that moment i
0: line. think channing tatum is actually a better actor than he gets credit yes. for oh yeah have you seen a guide to recognizing your saints john have I seen what? A guide to recognizing no, but your I'm saints. No, I'm not
1: someone who bashes, bashes Channing Tatum as an actor. I think he's a damn good actor.
0: Um, yeah, like, I, I, I could actually see this. There is a Riz Ahmed movie coming out where he's yes, a drummer who's losing his hearing, and that seems like it'll be, like, the edgier indie ver- Yeah, I've yeah. Heard, like, heard the sound design's incredible on that movie, but this seems like almost the, the studio version
1: of that. Yeah. type of story. You know? Dear John was the other one he did with Amanda Seafi yes. that had that kind of vibe. I don't think... I, the John see, Sparks vibe. Nicholas Sparks. Nicholas Sparks, sorry. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, I, Sparks. I got no problem with the, him wanting to go back to this, I guess, but my thing is, where's his born identity? Where's This is where he needs to do. Is he did the this... White House down at it, him. It yeah, but so what? So, you you know, it doesn't mean you can't go I, back well, to the Well, I think when world. you
2: haven't done something in a while, like the last movie he did was Logan Luckily, did not do well. That's like, a good movie. Though. Like, you have to still think of, from a business standpoint, like how do I get like in order to do that that other those films you're talking about I need yeah. the film that like did me right in the first place and like gets people knowing about like Channing still around and also I think sometimes people like act, talent in Hollywood gets so consumed by the art sometime in order to do those types of like Brad Pitt yeah. like in order to do Ad Astra he has to do Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm, like yeah right. like even though those like Once Upon a Time is still like right has an artistic feel yeah. there is still more like substance and like commercial appeal to it than an Ad Astra.
0: You have to listen to the audience. Exactly. And his audience is a lot of, you know, a female audience, and this yeah. is
1: the kind of thing that they want to see him in. I think it's dangerous, though, at this stage in his career to slide into this thing, you know, because I, I think... He's still, like, obviously with Magic Mike and 21 Jump Street, he's shown that he can do these films that are firmly planted, tongue-in-cheek, but still damn good movies that you wouldn't normally think are that good. This feels like he's going back to the world that's safe, and I'd rather him try and take more chances, because as you said, Jeff, if he's a damn good actor, then go be a damn good actor. Go be in independent films. Go be in something else that kind of builds your brand. Now, if you're after the money then that's a whole other ball game right get into a fast and furious movie while you're at it why not he could have taken the John well, Cena role no problem i to, bet
2: to be clear this like he's it's his first film since being gone for a while that we mm. like he's been attached to it still does not mean that is his next next film he's just okay. adding, he's just at this point building his development slate for future films that are going to move forward yep. like for all we cool. know he has that fast and furious thing that mm. could be up next anyways he just hasn't committed to it quite yet okay. or it's like you know, you sometimes have to like build a pipeline and and set yourself up for the next couple of years and not just do like one offs like Leo does. Yeah, but right. Leo can do that because yeah, he's one of but three movie stars y- left.
0: You are right though, John. Like, where is his next big action oriented yeah. hit? Where's his The Meg or what? You know, like,
2: Ugh. that was your choice of like, where's <laughs> <Yeah>. the next? <laughs> well, well those, th- those are the
0: kinds of movies I think look, Channing yeah, would end up leaving. John
1: Butler is making a living. Doing I, I agree. Action- where's his, his Den movies? of Thieves? Yeah, where is his de- Den of Thieves, by the way? is fantastic if you haven't seen that don't dismiss it like his other ones that are fun like Hunter Killer yeah. those are
2: fun things to take a chance on on a Saturday afternoon Denim. of Thieves is a damn good gritty ass movie and that gets to where but that gets back to the brand thing like Channing mm. knows his business and knows the, the Nicholas Sparks-esque type of mm. like right. tearjerkers play with ladies and, and that's what they know him for so yeah. like, right. if Gerard knows his business and, and Channing is knowing his as well and yeah. that's what it takes sometimes it's like Channing can do a right. you gotta gotta be realistic, but you still need to be realistic of what it, what, what puts asses yeah. in seats, and what people are going to see you for, and that in this case is this. Yep.
1: Well, this could be a more intense drama, probably, uh, instead of a Nicholas Sparks movie. There's a possibility for that as well, maybe, right? Because the logline doesn't say it's going to be a romantic comedy. It says it, or a romantic film. It's more about like this guy struggling with this situation. I mean, this could so be like could a, a like foxcatcher. Like, yeah, yeah that's we what I'm know. saying it like, could be something like just that. Just
2: because the Dear John writer is involved mm. doesn't mean it's necessarily going to have that same like um set up
1: right right exactly and those that's the kind of things you get from justin kroll breaking scoops and what have you busting through the minute, middle of the bg story to bust that scoop we're going to talk about that more a little bit about their job him and jeff snyder what they do uh breaking scoops and what have you on this in this world but uh let's get into some promos first let's talk about some programming coming up here on collider Hey everyone, John Roca here, the host of Collider Mailbag. A new episode drops every Saturday and Sunday in your face and in your ears, answering the questions from you fans about the world of entertainment, film, and television. Me and great guests from our sphere do the best to answer your questions from Twitter, from Instagram, and of course, email as well, every Saturday and Sunday. What's up,
0: Collider fans? Ryan Satin here from ProWrestlingSheet.com, where you can find the top stories throughout the week in the world of professional wrestling. If you're a wrestling fan like myself, then you would be doing yourself a disservice by not checking out all the shows we do every week on YouTube.com slash C slash WrestlingSheet. In particular, on Wednesdays, we've got a SmackDown recap show hosted by John Rocha and myself where we pick apart and, and talk about every little thing that happened on the blue brand. So do yourself a favor and Go subscribe at youtube.com slash C slash wrestling sheet.
1: Oh, oh yeah, you caught me downloading some more Bee Gees music here for me to listen to later <laughs> on. And maybe make a mixtape for these two fools to listen to. But let's move <laughs> a mixtape that that d <laughs> <yourself right> there. <laughs> well, there's the Bee Gees, damn it. Uh anyway, we're gonna talk about what these two gentlemen do for a living at their respective sites. Obviously Jeff Snyder over at Collider, but Uh, Justin Kroll uh, over at Friday. I want to go through the Star, begin with the Star Wars story as we have kind of an entry point into what Justin does over at Friday and how he goes about breaking scoops and what the process is like for our fans to kind of get an inside look into what you do. With this Benioff and Weiss story that happened with Star Wars, it was exclusive that you were breaking, what's the process in getting the source, getting the tip, getting the idea, breaking the scoop? Like, How do you go about doing something like this?
2: Uh, I mean, with this, I mean, honestly, this story is a little different because the story broke on Monday that they were leaving it. What right. I was writing about is more of, like, the background, like, oh, what really led to it. This is like, an assignment, though, yeah. right?
0: This is the editor saying, like, this is a huge uh, Star I Wars was... story. Justin, can we get, like, the inside story on what happened? A little bit. I
2: actually paid, like, I saw it and was like, I want to f- run into that. And, me and okay. I co-wrote it with Brent Lang, and um, mm-hmm. we had actually just worked on the streaming service stuff as well. And, you know, I just... I, you, sometimes you just see like the, you know they released a statement that we're busy with the net, our Netflix deal which they signed over the summer which mm-hmm. they were which I, I learned like Netflix was like we're not waiting four years to get our first Dave, uh, Dave and Dan project we mm-hmm. want something sooner rather than later because right. like, if they're giving out money the way they are to like Ryan Murphy and Shonda and those pipe plans are coming together or development slates are coming together yeah. They certainly aren't going to wait for Star Wars to end. That said, you look at like if this happens once, you like and like the studio has like there's no issues. Like you know, Kevin Feige and Edgar Wright had their odds, and Edgar left Ant Man. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, Kevin really never has had to replace a director once he's put them on a film or talent or writer. Mm. You know, with the Lucas film at all, I just found it very fascinating that like they're constantly replacing people, whether it's Michael Arndt. Um, Years ago with Lawrence Kasdan, who hadn't been writing things, but he was a safe bet. Whether, or then you go, Colin Trevorrow mm-hmm. leaving, and then JJ replacing him. Mm-hmm. Famously, the Lord Miller being fired during production. Yeah. That, like, I can name that like three times that I've heard that. Like, and when I mean fired during, like the first week, mm-hmm. these guys were fired after month two or something yeah. of this. It was unheard of, it cost them so much money. And that's the thing is, like, the last Star Wars film we had was a bomb, right. disappointment. I don't care if it made four hundred million. Star Wars is a billion dollar check. It's mm-hmm. the easiest thing. Like, even those bad prequels did that. Yet this film is having trouble right now, and to me, it was the people making the decisions, and and, and we saw like that, like, you know, the Kathleen Kennedy of it mm-hmm. all. Especially after the Kevin Feige producing thing comes out, when I talk to people, that the way they said it was, that to me f- spelled out like a succession plan in mm-hmm. a way. Now they say they're standing by her, and we're, we're like, you know, and, and and what she, and they believe what she's doing is right, but it still is like, you know, the accountability a little bit. It's mm-hmm. like, you know. And, again, I actually think out of all the, the things that have happened with Star Wars, this had, did it have more to do with their scheduling in terms of the Netflix thing. Mm-hmm. But I also found it interesting why they even were, like, looking for the Netflix thing in the first place when they knew they'd have Star Wars on their plate for four or five, six years maybe. Right, so, right. You know, that's where this whole process
1: came. Um, well, how do you go about sourcing a story? Like, how do you develop sources, oh, those kinds of things? That's what I mean. Like, what are the nuts and bolts of how you get to a story that, like this? I mean,
2: you, you're just – I've been just networking for years. Mm-hmm. Like, that, That's the bottom line. It's like, in this town, it's not its not necessarily what you know. It's who you know. Right. And the more people that can – like, information is currency. So, like, the more people that, like, at the highest levels that are close to all these – when you can see the ins and outs, like it's not just like it's not just like Kathleen Kennedy, but it's like exactly St. Lucas film. It's it's um you know, I, I mean I'm not obviously I'm not gonna tell you who I talk for this, but course. like it, it's it's People around town, other execs at Rival Studios, agencies, managers, mm-hmm. lawyers, like, the, the list goes on and on of people that you, you just co- come across over these years and and have that relationship, always talking with them. Mm-hmm. Like, in this case, I saw that story and I wanted to chase it. And others, like, I'd say 80 to nine, like, this Shannon Tatum thing came from just, I called a source about, like, Random stuff like what's going on with this, this, and this, and they happen to mention, I hear Channing closed his deal on this. So that's how I think I get a lot of stuff. It's like half, like a majority of my day is just on the phone calling up people to try to get leads and Je- then you get those leads and you chase them
1: and jeff a lot of that i've seen you do having worked with you here at the show or at collider rather uh and you will jump off in the middle of a conversation saying so you got to take a call and do that as well that's part of the networking game right cultivate but how do you go like how do you come to this partnership with these people because they know why you're with them they know why you're networking with them what's the reasons why they would network with a person who works at variety or collider or, or a Hollywood reporter when they know they might break a story that angers them or whatever is that just part of the deal and they understand that they have to do that with the press i mean then they'll complain about the press I, the next
0: second. yeah i think that if, if agents and managers and publicists and producers weren't talking to reporters there would be no news like you know uh, uh people like to gossip in this town that's half that's half like the fun of it yeah and as long as the, you know they're not th- you know jeopardizing a deal or threatening anybody or anything, I think that they don't mind telling a reporter from time to time what they're hearing
2: around town. It helps. Right. It's like like control. I say controlling the narrative, but like giving their thing. Like if you go silent, I'm like using. I'm going to be talking. To other, I'm still going to talk to other right. people. The story's right. still, it, there. Is, so still there. so Someone's going to tell it. So if mm-hmm. you want to be able to like you know the, the way I always say is like if I have that relationship, it just makes certain things like let's be honest here. Like this is like somewhat of a negative, like, it has negative tones, I'd say about 90, to, like, Channing Tatum starring in a movie. Right, right People right, right. want to talk about right, it. Like, right, th- Those aren't the hardest things to go after, but, like, so that's why it helps, mm-hmm. it, you know. I mean, you'd be amazed at the smallest stuff that sets people off that they want, like, a photo, or, like, yeah. this project mentioned right. and this one not. Like, if, yeah. like when I'm writing things, like when you're able to have that, that direct line to me, it helps the process and makes the story. Like, I always enjoy when, like, Someone who's close to either a movie or talent can give me like how they like how this person like made a certain phone call mm-hmm. or, or they had to like leave their one production to do a meeting across country on another to get a job right. like that's the the juice like that makes any story better and people want to talk it more where you know sometimes just chanting in a movie is just yeah. it is what it is so yeah. but it's still like it excites people. But
1: so I, I've I've been on the oh go ahead Jeff what you say. saying
0: no was just you know like uh, to, to talk about how things are sort of changing yeah. Uh, you know, Justin did a story earlier this week on streaming services yeah, yeah, yeah. and the streaming wars, and and you know each of these streaming services is now making fifty series and movies, and the, so that's fifty more projects that we got to look into. Mm-hmm. And you know, these the, the streaming companies are uh, you know operate almost like tech companies. You know, whether it's Apple Plus. Um, Etc. And they can be a little bit trickier to deal yes. with. Mm-hmm. You know, they they want to go by the official press release and all that stuff, and they don't understand.
2: Like, as it, long as we're working, it, it, we're, I can't allow it to get to that point. Everything right. is is adapting <laughs> in a way. I've learned, like, like you bring up, we we talk about tech companies when like Netflix gets brought up. Netflix is so much easier to work with now than what they were four or five years ago. I remember a story once where I was like Triple Frontier. First ended up at Netflix. And I remember like someone saying Reed Hastings was calling like agent major agency heads around time, complaining, acting as if they were giving me the story. I was like, no, I got this from a rival. Like mm. like just because right. like it's amazing Reed thinks that like he sees like um so like some major movie star that their agent called and gave that thing. Most of the time, it comes from a rival agency that mm-hmm. told me, and it's still true. Like, you can't, like, especially random Netflix stuff that no one has secrecy on. This isn't Star Wars. Right. So what did they do? They hired publicists that have dealt with us and yeah. learned how to work with us and learned that, like, it's probably not a good idea to, like, piss off these reporters or hand stuff to other people because at the end of the day, they, they are being probably right. told the truth, and they're going to run it, and it's going to screw things up. So the sooner we can work with them on this, the, the better it is for everyone so there's no surprises. And, and- and and yeah. you was know, and we're dealing with that right now with HBO Max, Apple. Right, it's yeah. funny that
0: you brought them up, because HBO Max had its big presentation this week, mm-hmm. right? and they invited, I don't know, 30 or 40 press. Right. No one from Collider was invited, and to me, like, I understand, we're not the New York Times, we're not Vanity Fair over here, but I guarantee you, by oh, yeah. HBO Max, you will be dealing with me a lot more than you will be dealing with the New York <laughs> that's Times. That's the other thing, too. Yeah. It's
2: like... <laughs> it, it is crazy the people they you – know, I don't want to, like, step on two and toes, but, like, like, we're like we talk about screening sometimes. Right, and like, not getting and invited to screenings. It's like, do
0: you know it's how much like, stuff we do? Like, it's like – The you, secrets yeah. we keep for these companies. I'm not, we're not
2: trading news, but but you probably should respect us as if we're capable of really, like, make, making you have a uh, what could be a, a rough day in a way. Right. Like I, right. could, I have so many news stories that I'm – Holding until certain things get up, like I could say, so and so is in Earl, had, had a meeting and mm-hmm. in his talks to do this. I could do that. I could do eight of those stories right, right now, and it would probably piss off everyone it's involved. of power like, we have. But I'm like, you know, I would like to m- make sure this gets to the screen. I don't want to blow anything up. Right. But like, it's not inaccurate to say so and so had a meeting when they did have a meeting. Right. Well,
1: Let me ask you guys something. How do you guys vet your sources? How do you make sure these are the right sources? Well, you take a chance. Is it recommended by other sources? Like, how do you do
2: this? If they keep giving me right information, that like, So studios- you try it out? You don't necessarily run with the first thing. Oh, of course. Well, well here's the thing. Here's the <laughs> basic. Is like, I'll get like show ends today i'll go make a phone call Mm -hmm. and so and so will say said movie star is attached to play the penguin it's just like that's being it's a role being cast right now Mm -hmm. so that's something now what i would do next is like to cover me i would instantly call the corporate communications person at the studio and then also probably the, the person's publicist. Mm-hmm. person's yep. publicist is going to say, let the studio hand it because we don't want our hands involved. They can with, if they we, say that, by the way, it's probably true. Yeah, <laughs> that's, the uh, that's the thing. That's, that's exactly. No <laughs> comment is comment sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you know, okay. right. But like, but I would still go, like, and those studios are like, at the, and then if the studios want to push back, then I keep making more calls. And if more people are like, so-and-so is getting this. If I get four people that I trust telling me so-and-so is going to be the penguin, Probably on the right track. The deal may not right. be done. Negotiations still may be going on, but I bet but you, you they had a people. meeting, yeah. and I bet you both sides are liking each other. Right. So that's how it, it kind of works. Is, is the is the studio they call it signing off on stuff? In reality, it's fact checking. Yeah. And like if if someone is, they're like this person is not this person. Like um, recently I I wrote that uh, Yaha Abdul Mateen II. Would be starring in the new Matrix, and I had been told there was a young Morpheus element. And then the scoop is like, it's not young Morpheus. I think he's related in some way to Morpheus, whether mm. this thing is in the future, the past. There's some element, but I like you, I can't if I don't know. They're not going to say what exactly it is. Then I'm I, I have a tough time being like you'll be doing this right. You, right. You're free but to that's speculate, the case, but like, you can
1: speculate within the scoop. Sure, you or you can, I mean, yeah. people aren't dumb. They right. see
2: like you know. Uh, right. an african american <laughs> who yeah. like well, like is uh, starring in the movie uh, and the and the only person not <laughs> returning right. from Lawrence the original Fishburne. is Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. put 2 and 2 together. <laughs> um but the point is is like, you know, at the end of the day I'm still going through the proper channels to make sure that the source is talking and if the source is wrong mm-hmm. and here's the thing too sources hear stuff like like someone met and they already passed on something or you know everybody gets their information different ways so yeah. like just because someone like had it wrong they may have it may be wrong right now made but it also could have been right two days ago or something yeah, right. like that like I, I you know i've learned pretty quickly who is in the know I learned pretty quickly what to tell said people. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the other thing, too, is you have to realize the people I'm talking to are probably talking to a Jeff or a Boris or Mike Fleming, like, in some way. So I always also cage what I tell people. But, like, you know, you can also tell when people are not going to BS you. It it comes with experience. It really does. Like
0: Because we've seen a lot of young bloggers, uh, you know, like, out there in the blogosphere or whatever dropping some of these scoops. But they don't. They they don't have the experience to tell whether something is actually going to make. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of shooting it out into the dark. The, you know, the language
2: too, right. like they don't like they say like they think an intox is and in done dealing or anything. I'm like, well, this guy already passed. Like yeah. like that's the thing. It's like I will like if you want to say someone's in talks and they're starring, if they already passed, I'm gonna correct you and say they passed. And if Amen. that and while you might have been true at one point. Still, probably doesn't look good that I keep saying how someone has moved down from Well, a project. I've, And
1: I've seen you do that with a particular site. I'm not going to say their name, but you tried to school them and, and guide them. I remember in your early I've tried days, i a lot of young people yeah, out there. You do, and that's one Check of the my things. DMs. That's one of the things about Jeff Snyder. Like I've seen him do for all the shit he takes. Jeff Snyder does actually try to help people figure things mm. out who are in the game at a young stage, kind so, of paying it forward. Fun
2: story, like Kristen Harloff. Like mm-hmm. when they were, what was the name of their uh, Sh- the Schmo's Schmo's? No, Schmo's. Yeah. Schmo's. yeah, They were breaking things, and like I. I think we got into it a little bit, mm-hmm. and Christian personally reached out and said, we want to grab lunch. And we yeah. like talk, hashed it out, and he explained yep. that he had contacts and this and that, and we had a great relationship going forward. Other people... That's why I'm here. Yeah. They have this arrogant sense where it's like... Uh, oh. I know as much as you. Yeah. I'm in the mall as much as you. And it's like, right. dude, you probably have like a film grid you got from your, your fucking room. Ro- oh, there we uh, go. <laughs> it's okay. Maybe we should make the sign bigger, Justin. There uh, your, your, your roommate, <laughs> at least I didn't realize what I was doing. It's I right. dropped uh, one yesterday. It's all good. The, um, from your roommate telling you like where it like, and those grids are like at every agency where it's like saying who's interested in a role. Yeah. And, and a lot of those grids are, it's like a... It, a it's outdated. It, it's outdated and it's kind of like... Yes, so well, like, okay. that's my way Let, me, of let me
1: ask you two final questions. We've got to jump into some live chat questions. I, I saw them all pouring through here. We're going to pick some. You guys are going to answer some. Real Ooh. quick, one, uh, what is the one scoop that got away from you that you wish you'd broken?
2: Or angry that you didn't break? I would say... That's a good question, because um, I always get asked what my like. What your favorite, favorite school, ones yeah. are? I, the ones you lose are, like do stick with you. Um, I've seen him melt down for an hour after losing a script. I yeah. will like the like uh, Jeremy. We had, I had Jeremy Renner in The Bourne for a while, and that that was. Uh, I remember we were working together. That was a tough day because I remember like losing like the Gangster Squad cast too. Oh. which looking back the, that film like it, you don't right. when films don't work out, you don't care as much about scoops, But When they do, it's like right. damn, I could have had that one. Uh, I was this close about Ben Affleck and Gone Girl and that one was like a blatant like uh screw over which oh. sucked
1: um was there a superhero one that you had and then someone took it out from money? I, I had
0: one. Oh yeah? What was that? Cumberbatch is strange. Oh you had that one. I, I came flying into the rap we meeting. I came coming that, in yeah. hot. Yeah. I was like, I got it, I got it, I got it. And my computer like was dead and I like tried to like I was like, Give me your computer, like grabbing someone else's. I got yelled at in the meeting and Sharon was all like, You can't come in here and rap- interrupt yeah. the meeting that we're having, and I was like, It's Doctor Strange, what are you talking about? This meeting's <laughs> over.
2: <laughs> Well, funny you should say the comic book. I think the one thing he screwed me on was, like, yeah. Fantastic Four. Me well, – the interesting thing was uh. is that wasn't even a scoop. I was going to be sharing that with Boris, but they had the final four ready. Like, Jamie Bell was, like, that last guy that yeah. was getting it. And I remember <laughs> we were, we were, pl- we were going to plan to do it the, the following morning, and I was in a screening oh, of really? – I, I didn't give. know that. I did not know this. This <laughs> oh, is a good breaking story. Breaking news. Breaking news. And I was – and I, like <laughs> – I – um. I think as it was ending, my phone was going off and, and that I picked up and the person was like, yeah, Jeff is screwing us all over here and mm-hmm. he's going to go. And next thing I know, it was up and I posted mine. And the funny thing was, I remember like two guys texting me like, nice, fantastic, four. like that's the best part is when people text oh, yeah. me to congratulate me on a news blast yeah. because they don't get Collider's news blast because Collider doesn't have news blast. That, yeah, like, that was the rap. The yes. rap. <laughs> like. But the point <laughs> is, is they thought I actually broke it and I did. So I'm like sitting there drinking a beer and, and, and drowning my sorrows to get over this lost scoop and I have people congratulating me but that was like the one well, time this well, guy as
0: we me. know no one was more upset that night than Josh Trank <laughs> <laughs> what's the one scoop he took from you that you were at? there with? were too many no, really? <laughs> crow, crow, crow dropped so many crow bombs I'm just like
1: a, a puddle <laughs> in the ground all right one last question make it quick so we jump in is um w- is there a one piece of advice you'd give an intrepid young kid who's watching YouTube maybe following what you you do and wants to get into. The let, let me go first. Let me okay. go first. There are two ways uh, I would
0: say that to break into this game. Okay. Uh, I, I honestly think that there is room for someone to come in and do below the line scoops. And, and because people, those are getting traffic, who's the cinematographer on this mm-hmm. big movie? Who's the you know like? I think that that is an interesting way to do it. And the other way is China. I think that if you could go be the American reporter who everyone in China knows and and get yourself access on Weibo or what, whatever mm-hmm. it is, or even reporting on the Chinese industry,
2: you could blow up that that way. Okay, so all right, you got something? Um, I'd say just be well. Like, don't don't just like. First the best thing is is to meet as many people as possible mm-hmm. and stay in contact with them and because you, you never know when that person will have something involved that in, involved in their career, whether it's a producing job in a movie or a client that's gotten a great role like be you know don't get like so arrogant that you forget about those people because one day you're going to need them and also be willing to talk to your competition like mm-hmm. i i have pretty good relationships with all the people involved like during like when we're at war like there'll be some stuff said but for the most part i don't take anything personally and i think everybody can learn something from your own like mm-hmm. if you if you want to get in the game talking to us and like picking our brains what we want to say may change with each thing, but it's never hurts to ask. Yeah, um, and like as you said, with some of the people that we've talked to on like on Twitter, it leads to you know them learning and maybe using that information to like you know help. And- Competition helps in this. And we'll
0: we'll still jab each other, Crow and I, from time to time yes, and, and twist the knife in each other's backs. But there are also things where it's like, hey, man, I, I really care about this one or I've been on this for two months. Can you stand down? We have the kind of relationship where we can do that. I don't necessarily have that w- with others, mm-hmm. and, um, but uh, I, I think it's 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 helpful.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. You've gotten a window into the scoops game from two of the best scoop uh, people out there in the business. So uh, thank you both for being open to talk about it. Let's jump into some chat questions real quick. Uh, We got a few minutes left in the show. MK Songbird asks, what's the biggest takeaway that you see the studios taking from the box office success of Joker without a China release and the overall growing dependence on international box office?
0: I haven't seen any lessons yet. I think it's too soon. Um, we have to wait and see what kind of films yeah, are being greenlit. Okay. If they, if they start greenlighting 50 or 60 million dollar comic book movies, I think
2: that that'll be the proof right there. Okay. I would say uh, yeah, like it is too early because we haven't seen like a, a like a origin Scorsese-type comic book movie get greenlit since the Joker stuff. I, I do think, like, you know, International still plays a major part, um, and, and, but, like, obviously with the recent thing with China and Once Upon a Time and Hollywood, like... You know, the China dependency is the one thing that will probably, like, we'll see how that changes over Mm -hmm. time. But I still think, like, you know, that's what's been the biggest thing in the last 10 years is international play. The studios still have to take that in mind when they're doing these things. Because it's just such a big pot of gold to help that move. Like, the way it helps, like, Hobbs and Shaw, like, Mm -hmm. get over and Mm -hmm. become, like, a major hit and just – so, like, a a fringe fringe hit, like – those things are still important. So I, I think we're still a little ways away from changing that. But, like, and studios are always looking to save money. And, yeah. like, if they can find ways to make a 50 to $60 million comic book movie, they will.
1: Yeah. All right. Jay Scott Freely asks, and this is a Scoops question. Which insider Scoops do you think have had the biggest impacts in ongoing productions, whether positive or negative?
2: Oh, that's easy. The Me Too stuff. Okay. That, I mean, yeah. that's the New York, like, that that has changed everything. Uh, in my mind, on am like, uh, like, between, like... I mean, it, that that trickled down to, like, pay disparity and, and mm-hmm. the, uh, like... Uh, and also, like, so it's kind of turning a little bit into just, like, verbal abuse and, and stuff like that. Like, you've seen people being... Like, to me, that, that, that's not an obvious because, mm-hmm. like, obviously we deal more with cats and stuff like that. But, like, ever since, like... That, that change is the most dramatic I've seen in the, in the 10 years I've covered this, I would say.
0: Yeah. Uh, and while well, I can't point to a specific scoop, I think all the reporting on some of the uh, set safety things mm-hmm. and, 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 like, stunts. Like, they're, they're we're losing too many stunt people in this industry. Yep. Too many deaths, too many devastating inju- injuries. And so I think uh, that, that the more that we report and talk about that stuff, the more likely it is to change.
1: Yeah, I remember when I was writing for the tracking board, you had me write about that uh, because that was a really personal issue to you about the stunt stuff and so I wrote about uh, the stunt woman that got killed I think on the, tra- on the uh, train on Deadpool 2 yeah on yeah. Deadpool 2 and so that was, a, that was an eye opening thing to write for me so I appreciated you uh, bringing that up alright uh, Riley Jack wants to know with Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart finding success outside their young adult young adult movies what other actor from the genre YA genre do you think is underrated I say Josh Hutcherson is more uh, than Pete Peta or Peta, whatever that character is. What do, you, do you guys have a young adu- like uh, a, a, an actor in the young
2: adult movies? You think that like, can make the jump like Pattinson uh, did, like Kristen Stewart have done? Oh, and like uh, I think Noah Jupe from uh, Ford vs Ferrari, Quiet Place. He's like okay. Honey Boy. Was he in as well? I think he's going to be like the guy to keep an eye on. And then um. I don't know his name. Jojo Rabbit star. Oh yeah, the, oh yeah. Both those kid. kids. I both actually, those kids. Yeah, yeah. were fantastic. I think they have a, a shot. But keep an eye on Noah. I feel like, especially after Ford versus Ferrari comes yeah. out, I think he's going to have a, a very bright career. What
1: about you, Jeff? You always trying to find these diamonds in the rough? Um, it's
0: interesting. Yeah, I don't know. May, maybe Finn Wolfhard like gets gets away from the Stranger Things stuff okay. and actually evolves goes, into maybe like an Ezra Miller type of actor. I, I don't know. Sure. It's still maybe Ghost a little Busters too early will to say. Be interesting,
2: but that kind of isn't getting away because yeah, no, Ghostbusters not, feels like Stranger that, Things. It, he's
0: all he's basically playing the same character over and over. But I do wonder if Finn Wolfhard will be the Stranger K- K- Things actor. Yeah, just sort of have a career beyond. You know, yeah. being could a he teenager. be the next
1: Michael Sarah, the next Jesse Eisenberg? That kind of thing, kind of slide into that. Yeah, it, don't yeah you think? It, it, I think it's possible. Yeah, as those guys get older, those slots open up for the, for him to slide in and play those younger, geekier characters.
2: I mean, the thing is, is everybody forgets he was in Goldfinch and that how that right, like, right, right. That bombed. So yeah. like that, yeah. it did, he probably thought that was a way to branch mm-hmm. out from Stranger Things.
1: Uh, we got uh, another question here because uh, you guys have made fun of the BG's things. Riley, Jack, what artist's music do you think
2: could be made into an original movie? In the vein of Mamma Mia. Well, I think the Prince thing that they're doing. The actual, I think that thing could be a monster. Is there another one? uh, Could you go back to Elvis? Could you do with Elvis again? Like, uh, we haven't had an Elvis movie in a while. We're 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 getting one from from Bosn, but that's going to be a a biopic and not like just using the music. Uh, I'm trying to. Because yesterday did a great job with the Beatles, I thought. That's a good one. I'm a Rolling Stones. I would say Ooh, that's that's, that's that there. that music transcends. I feel people know that stuff when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and, so you're not talking about a biopic. You're talking about yeah, a movie with the, like where the library where the library is yeah. like you know, like tells the story. And I think it, yesterday's a weird one because it, you, they still t- the Beatles is so front and center. Where Mamma right. Mia, they weren't talking about Ab- right. Uh, ABBA. Right. ABBA. Um, but um, yeah, I think Rolling Stones and I think um, oh Bruce Springsteen. I've, well, they, they're doing that. I guess they oh, did yeah, that we did with Blinded um, by the Light. Yeah. yeah. That was. Um, a good one. You two. I feel like they're. Like you, those, two yeah, yeah. you two would be That's a great choice. I think you two would be up there. So yeah, those those types where it's like these people are still like try, right. touring in a way, and they're still like in the mainstream. Like like my like cousins know who the Rolling Stones and mm-hmm. you two are because they're still.
0: But I, I I do want a Metallica biopic. Oh that that's that's I, I th- yeah. yeah.
2: The documentary it, they, wasn't enough, you know. They, to... they
1: they've been through a lot,
2: that okay. band. Yeah,
1: so with the Bee Gees, damn it, do some research. Um, all right, one last question here. This is from Jonathan research. Peck. In honor of my hometown, Washington Nationals. Same here, winning the World Series. What is the best baseball movie in your opinion? We're all sports guys, so what is the best baseball movie? Baseball, movie. Base, and baseball has to be oh, played in money the ball. movie. What Moneyball? All right, Moneyball.
2: That was that's actually that's really easy for me. Okay. That's yeah. The other huh. ones are so boring. Uh, I'm
1: going gonna, I'm gonna to go Major League. Oh, that's a good one.
2: I Damn, love Major I, League.
0: Listen,
1: Major League is so tempting. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> all, right, all right, Jeff. Breaking the scoop, breaking chairs. I, I would say, uh, for me, it's The Nash, uh, the Natural. It's still my favorite baseball movie. That, that, it's nostalgic, and it's Robert Redford. It's a slow burn like the it is, game. It is. <laughs> so. Barry Levinson. It's fantastic stuff. Um, yeah. I know. People, I'm glad you guys didn't say Field of Dreams. I, I yeah, will no. always contend that's not a baseball movie. It, that's a movie about baseball. It's not a baseball. It's a movie. father-son
2: right. film. It's a so, father-son story yeah. that
1: connected through baseball. It's not necessarily a baseball
2: movie. Yeah, so I'll
1: probably get pushback on that. All right. Anyway, thanks everybody for watching this live episode of Clyde Movie Talk. Can't thank you enough. Once again, go give Perry Nemeroff some love. She's out there about to run the New York City Marathon. You know she's going to need all the help and support. She can get to send her some kind words there on social media. And I want to thank all you for sending your live chat questions in. Definitely want to give a big thanks to Justin Kroll. Thanks for stopping by, brother man. Where can people find everything you're doing and follow your scoop uh,
2: Kroll J KrollJVar on Twitter, and um, Variety.com for all like the stories I post there as well. There so, you go. Yeah. There you go. Read his stuff. And you'll learn a lot. Jeff Snyder, where can they find you? At The Inn
0: Snyder on all platforms. And don't you have a podcast today? Where we got are you a podcast
1: coming up. The Snyder Cut. Who knows if there will be a guest, but there will be news. There you go. And today I dropped The Deep Cut with Alex Wolf. He's on. We talked about an hour uh, for about his film The Cat and the Moon, which is a fantastic debut film from him as a debut director. It's fan- It Really, I can't tell you how much I enjoy. And then we get into jazz. We get into how Rihanna putting his hand through her through his hair changed his life. Trust me, we get into that story, which is really funny. So you can find that on the Collider Conversations feed now. But anyway, this has been Collider Movie Talk. Thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll be back on Monday with another live episode of Collider Movie Talk uh, there for you to enjoy. Have a great rest of your weekend. Don't forget, Collider Mailbag on Saturday and Sunday. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in and deep satisfaction out.